Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. I'm Will. I'm Norm, and we have a very special guest joining us today on this very rainy day, Sam Cheng. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for coming in. I know you do a lot of uh, food stuff. You said mm-hmm. you've been doing it for how long now? Uh, it's been about five years uh, right. since I've started. Um, you know, how it all started was I was going to all these different restaurants, and um, you know, my friends would ask me, what's the pl- best place to eat? Uh, where can I get this? And, you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm, I'm doing this anyway, so why don't I start an Instagram page? Um, my friend out in Cali. Food blogging, The right? food so, blog, yeah. yeah. Uh, my friend out in Cali, he, Eden, he was actually the one that encouraged me. So I went out there to Irvine, and he actually sort of helped me create a page. And, um, you know, we went to a bunch of different restaurants, just took some pictures. And then that's how I got started. Um, brought it back to New York, and... Um, it's 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 been fun. It's been fun, you know. How has it been now with everything that's going on? I'm, I mean, you've been doing this for the past five years, and before I would imagine, I mean, pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. It was just a free fall. I was like, man, I could just check this place out and that place out. And now with COVID, it's you know with the shutdowns and restrictions, you're so limited. Sure. Uh, what's what's the restaurants like in your opinion? How how has that impacted? From what you've seen, it's been devastating, um, both for restaurants and there. There's food bloggers that do this for a living as well, you know. Um, so, marketing is one of the first things they cut if if uh, they're struggling, and um, you know. So, bloggers have sort of been having a hard time as well. Um, restaurants, they've had to shift their um, business toward a, a delivery model, and for a lot of um, you know smaller restaurants fine dining um for example they they've never done this before so it's it's relatively new to them um so everything's had to change um outdoor dining had to be set up and it's it's been a process um you know they've lost a lot of businesses people are afraid to to go out and and dine now so it's a very tough time exactly what type of foods do you go uh i guess in search of i prefer to eat at restaurants that um are more of a hole in the wall or a mom and pop shop. Um, I love those, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I love those. You find the best foods, in, yeah, in, in uh, those restaurants. Um, you know, it's it's food that um, I try to look for food that people can you know afford because fine dining, not everyone can afford that, and also cuisines that you um, you would find in their respective countries. You know, they bring that over here. Um, I think a lot of restaurants these days they're they're putting a spin to everything, mm-hmm. you know, and not everything needs truffle on it, you know, not, not everything needs to be uh, deconstructed, you know, you, you can have it very simple, very traditional, and, and that's the kind of food I prefer. Um, so it's it's always fun, kind of walking into those restaurants too. Sometimes you walk up a few different hallways, and and you don't know where you are. <laughs> you just yeah. uh, end up in a random place. Um, yeah. There's a there's a restaurant I went to. I forget the name of it, but it's a Tibetan restaurant in, in um, Queens, uh, I believe, Jackson Heights. And I looked it up on Yelp, and I, you know, I said, oh, this place looks pretty cool. Anthony Bourdain came here, um, so why don't I check it out? And I walk, I walk into the uh, correct address, right? And I look outside, and it is like 
electronic store. <laughs> and then like deeper in, like they're selling clothes or something. You know? So it's an electronic store and then a, a, a clothing department store. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep walking. So and there's like, like a cell phone store there, to, like within one area. I'm like, where yeah. am I? So I walked back and forth a few times. I thought I had the wrong address. Right. right? I asked the people there. Um, they didn't really speak English. They didn't really know. Um, so I had to YouTube it and, and look it up on Yelp on how to get inside. Apparently, you walk inside, um, you make a right into the cell phone store, and then you make a left, and you walk down a little hallway, and then you enter a, a, a tiny hidden um, restaurant. It's like a speakeasy. Th- wow, yeah. It's crazy. Exactly, yeah. You know? Speakeasy restaurant, yeah. Um, so getting there was a, an adventure itself, and, and just um, for me, it's, it's also about learning where the food comes from. Mm-hmm. I think every dish has, has history behind it. Absolutely. You know, um, That's what I love about New York. It's like you have these like secret areas of, of the city yeah. um, and people, all diverse groups of people live here. And then, you know, they set up shop. It's that they're, you're, they're serving their community, not necessarily outside of the community sometimes. And, and people who are, you know, read about it, they, they want to check it out. Yeah. And then that's like this. It's, it's amazing that, that this, we have that here in New York City, you know? Yeah. And, you know, um, with the blog, I, I feel like um, not everyone knows about these places, so it, it was a good way for me to um, you know, show it to people. So how do you find out about these places? I look at other food bloggers. I also look on Yelp. Um, that's my main source. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Mikey Chen on, on uh, YouTube. Sh- you know. uh, Simply Dumpling or Strictly Dumpling? Strictly Dumpling. Strictly Dumpling, Strictly okay. Dumpling yeah. 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 Um, so I, I kind of just find them by accident and... And, um, you know, look up the reviews and, and you know, just uh, wander in sometimes. I was watching something on Netflix. Um, I don't know if you saw it. It's uh, Street Foods. Uh, I haven't watched that's the time. it. So they have one that's Asian, uh, Asian street food in Asian America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean and, uh, in Asian countries and then in Latin America, they have a street food. And I just saw some of the stories behind it. Mm. It was absolutely incredible where... Um, one specifically that stuck out to me was the one in Brazil. And this lady, she had a, uh, a stutter issue. And a lot of people made fun of her. She lives right by the sea and people were make, you know, people are just like uh, unaccepting of her. And these three brothers uh, tasted her food once. And it was like, this is amazing. So they made a Facebook post about it. People started coming in to think, try her food. I think uh, I saw that one. Right. Was it was it the episode where it's like I don't have any fish. Go catch a fish yeah, for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I'll cook it for you. Right. Okay. That, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah she, so and then, interesting. And so they did that, and she. So people just started going to her house to mm, eat, yeah. and she was like, "I'm not a restaurant. What are you guys doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she continued, and, and the brothers continued to post, and and she just kind of went viral. And all of us, all of a sudden, people are going to her restaurant. The locals. Then you get the locals, and it expands internationally. Wow. People from out the country, from America, from Asia, from all over the place, is coming to her house to eat. Yeah. And she says that it it got so packed that people would sit on the floor to eat because she My didn't goodness. think of herself like her. She kept telling people, "I'm not a restaurant. I'm just right. cooking because you guys want me to." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and the. The three brothers said, "You know what? This is a restaurant. We're gonna. You need a name, so they named it uh, Re Restaurante uh, because she has a stutter." Ah, mm. yeah. I love that. Yeah, so I love that they used 
what some like a negative into a positive where sure. people used to make fun of her. I love that flip. And it's such an awesome name. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a representation of, of part of her as well. Of who mm-hmm. she is. Right. Yeah. It, I just identity. thought it was such a, a beautiful. So it was like, it's not just food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the person behind the food. And, sure. And I think that essence comes out in the food when you taste it, when sure. you eat it. And that's what makes it so exciting. That's part of why New York, what makes us so special is because you have these people uh, come from immigrant countries coming to New York mm-hmm. and trying the foods out and you get to taste uh, their essence from where they're from. Without having to go there. Yeah, so, right? Yeah. You don't need a plane ticket, which ties it back in. Thank you very yeah. much, Sam. Now, uh, how was that restaurant, the Tibetan restaurant? It was good. Tibetan? It was good. Um, I had momos, uh, which are kind of their version of dumplings. Okay. Uh, very similar to soup dumplings. Um, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. Where would be, I guess, the difference between the traditional Shanghainese, right, uh, soup dumplings versus... Um, there's not as much uh, liquid in there, and it, it's a little more firm, and they're big on the spice. If, if you go to a Tibetan restaurant, you have to be careful with the, the sauces, like the hot sauce. It is spicy. You don't play around <laughs> with it. Tibetan food is spicy, yeah. I, yeah, I... I you put a li- I put a little bit on, and, and my mouth was burning for like an hour. It was, it was, it was bad. Um, I had some kind of... Um, is it even worse than halal hot sauce? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's you put some halal hot sauce? Oh, my God. My, I was burning. Yeah, my, yeah. My mouth was burning. It can be pretty bad. Um, had some kind of noodle dish as well. It was, it was a good experience, but, um, you know, just getting there was, was wild. So that's the, the that's the whole experience of the journey of going and experience the food. One, one part of the journey is experience the food. The other part is actually, you know, traveling there. Yeah. You know. Learning now, about it as well. I've been having a hankering for Mexican food. Uh huh. Can you tell me a good spot in New York City where you can get good Mexican food? Um, and don't say Chipotle. When <laughs> you say Mexican, you mean tacos? I mean, I like Chipotle, but just Mexican Mexi- food, okay. just authentic. Like in Cali, the Mexican food is ridiculous. Yeah. It's good. Texas, I had really good Mexican food. In New York. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It, it falls. I feel like it falls short. And it could be because I'm not, I haven't found my spot yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't found a, a good Mexican restaurant that's at their level over there. You know, to be honest, I think the best Mexican food is inside homes. You know, it's, it's home-cooked meals. Um, I think that local deli um, or bodega where they serve, you know, uh, tacos or, or burrito, whatever it is, you know, I think they make make the best food. Um, so it it can be tough to find sometimes. My experience with Mexican food is obviously a, I'm I'm a big fan of tacos. So um, there's a place in Jackson Heights, and I believe they opened a location in um, Williamsburg as well. Um, I'm forgetting the last part of the name, but the first part is Bri- Brianna Brianna something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look it up, it's it's a it's a it's a food truck. And um, they make Tijuana-style dipping tacos. So, um, it, it, you know, you dip it in something called, uh, I think it's pronounced uh, casame. I'm not really sure. It's a meat broth. And then the taco itself is, is marinated. Mm. Um, so you just get, like, a, a ton of flavor. It's big in L.A. And I think they're, they're probably the only ones that do it in New York as well. Um, but I found this place through social media, and I checked it out, um, had a really good experience there. And, you know, I, I made a post about it. And all of a sudden, all these food bloggers started going there. When I went back just to pass by, 
before they open at 5 p.m. at night, there's I saw a line of at least 75 people. Wow. And you yeah. started? <laughs> I didn't start you it, but, it. you know. Wait, I was, dur- during COVID? During COVID. Oh, my Holy God. Holy cow. It was nuts. They weren't even social distancing. And, and that's what we were, that's what we're, that's what we were talking about prior to going live uh, when you said you focus mainly on street food style, uh, not fine dining. Yep. We said uh, it's actually interesting now because fine dining for a lot of people is not even an option. No. And, you know, people don't want to be indoors dining uh, all the time. They, for the most part now, the, the, I guess the food culture here in New York, it's, it's kind of, hey, let me get something and go. Yeah. You know, so like just fast pace. And, and That's always been the vibe here, but um, right. yeah, I think true. we'll see more of an emphasis on that. Yeah, no, even, even restaurants. Further. Yeah, even restaurants that, that were doing fine dining, they actually converted their, their like menus into Absolutely. more like takeout yeah. uh, type of cuisine. Some restaurants, the fine dining restaurants that never even had uh, delivery or takeout as an option has adjusted. Mm-hmm. They have to adjust to the times. I mean, you look at institutions like Peter Luger's, like how do you, how do, you do takeout for that? Yeah. It's, it's, they have to right. change everything, you know? I think they did start, Steak tapas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love tapas. Oh, oh man, no, I love me tapas too. too. I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess they'll do takeout steaks or... Um, yeah, well, <laughs> how do you, do you take out steak? I'd, you know, because you, you have to have the steak hot. Right. Right, you can't have it warm or cold yeah. it just it's not the same the texture changes the whole quality of it sure. right and and then you know the fat will kind of solidify and it gets kind of gross you got to eat it when it's cooked so i'm not really sure how they're gonna do it. i know they have a, a and then birth. you can't heat it up because right. then it's gonna go past the meat unless they unco- undercook it and then give it to you it is a re- i mean it's already medium rare but yeah. if you have to heat it up it's it kind of takes away it's that complicated or they, yeah. or they serve you in a sous vide like in a pouch <laughs> you cook it yourself at home or something. Oh, a lot of restaurants have been doing that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been doing like a, a whole thing where you prep your own meals. They give you the ingredients. Yeah. Um, and you sort of construct it yourself. Uh, they did that with boba same. too. It's I mean, not I the like, same though. No, it's you not. Know, if I want to make food myself, I'll just go to the supermarket and get the damn ingredients. Yeah, yeah. It's totally True. different. Actually, yesterday I I just had I had dim sum yesterday for the first time uh, in the last... In, since this happened, that's awesome. Yeah, I had dim sum. Which, uh, it was which restaurant? Delicious. It was somewhere <laughs> in Fort Lee. I went to um, what's the uh, dim sum place? Oh, Jing Fong. Okay. Oh, Jing Fong. Yeah, yes, we, yes, we yes. actually shot a movie there. Yeah, uh, I went there for the first time nearly a year since everything has happened. How right? was it? It was great, but I was looking at the price. Uh, there was three of us. I was looking uh-huh. at the prices. Like, wow. It's gotten a lot more expensive now. Yeah. <laughs> they added that COVID tax. No. Yeah. COVID tax. Wait. So, like, what do you mean for like? All right. So, for example, it's like five or six for no. Yeah, and we we went ham. On, it's because it's usually half that. It's like usually three three seventy five. Right. Right. We went crazy ordering for three of us, and I look at the bill. It was like hundred and fifty dollars for wow. three people. What? I was like, I've never spent that much. And on it's dim just sum. all dim something. You order dishes and it's and it was hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. I mean, we went crazy ordering, but you know. That, that was the most I've ever spent on dim sum. Wow. Um, so prices have definitely gone up. Did you have to get a ticket to be seated? Because usually Jing Fong or in, in other establishments in Chinatown, it's a long wait. Long wait for dim sum. Uh, so Especially there, on the weekends. There wasn't a wait there. Um, we arrived and I think there were a few open tables. And they had an outdoor dining set up. Wow. Um, I would say about 12 tables. Now for those of you listening, just... 
if you guys are from New York and you don't know the vibe, when you go to dim sum, you can expect to wait. You can expect to yeah, wait. 30 minutes, hour. You, can, you have to get in line to get a ticket just so you can wait. Yeah, they yep. give you a number. They, yeah, they, they those li- the line is aggressive. So for, for Sam to go in there and immediately get seated, and in addition to seeing additional extra tables, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely abnormal. And you can expect to share a table sometimes. Oh, really? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, not, right. not, not, not pre-COVID. Now. Pre-COVID, not now. Okay. yeah. You know, if you, if you go with uh, just a few other people, you'll be yeah. dining with strangers pretty much. And yeah. that's part of the experience, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think dim sum here is uh, it's interesting. It's very different than in... Uh, part of my family's from Hong Kong. Okay. So dim sum here is a lot quicker, I would say. But when I visited, I visited uh, last year. My grandparents lived there. Um, dim sum is a time where you would sit down, you grab the newspaper. It's, it's family time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you would spend hours there just kind of reading, sipping tea. Is that right? It's much different. It's much different. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Say that again. In Hong Kong, dim sum is family time. You, you mm-hmm. just kick back, newspaper. Very laid back. Wow. You, you sit down. Every, you know, grandparents have the newspaper. They they read a little bit. They chit-chat. Um, a couple refills of, of tea. And you just... You know, relax. It's like an average so two, they, three hours. So they just, yeah, wow. yeah. So they just graze for two, three hours yeah. and just hang out. It's very normal because here it's like get that, get that, get that, get. It's a hustle. Mm-hmm. You you know, as soon as those carts come around, you pick and you get yeah. it. You get your table filled with everything, and you just it's complete chaos. And yeah. you and everyone's just going after it. I can imagine you know someone who hasn't had dim sum before come yeah. into the restaurant and just have no idea what to do, <laughs> like how to order or anything. You know. Like, it could be overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. But that's beautiful. I I went to Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, and I went to uh, one of those. Uh, I went to a, a hole in a wall dim sum. Okay, excellent. And I went to a Michelin, uh, uh, dim sum. Michelin rated. Okay, sum. amazing. It was very good. And and the quality. I I wish it could be like that here in the states. But for some reason, I don't know what it is. Uh, there, it just tastes different there. It, it just tastes more authentic much better in in hong kong yeah i don't know actually i had the um, the opposite experience my experience was like they were trying to rush you out like it people were rude like the the restaurant was pretty rude and and the the did some quality and it's michelin rated like tim tim hoan it's michelin rated oh yeah, yeah, yeah but it's the quality wasn't as good they're known for certain things like the pork uh, buns or something. Pork buns. It's it's like crusty, like crusted pork buns. But the the quality, I think, is better in New York City. Actually, uh, yeah. Uh, just, just a sec. Your, your hair. My hair. You want, if you want to fix your. My uh, hair is on fire. And don't edit Yo. this out. It's <laughs> on fire, bro. No, 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 no. Your hair's fine. It's just oh. a little bit slanted to the side. Oh, it's fine. Okay. So, oh. you, you don't mind? It looks a little care. weird. All right. Oh. You, I don't know if you want to use your phone as a camera. As a. It just looks. You got the alfalfa thing, but on the side. Okay. Let me see. Okay. But, uh, continue, continue. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Why were they trying to rush you out? That's weird. Why, why would they try to rush them out if, if that's the culture in Hong Kong dim sum to kind of just sit down, relax, and take your time? Who knows? I'd, maybe um, did they have a long wait? Oh, that's maybe, a good maybe, one. Maybe that's it. They're trying to get more customers in. You know? uh, Usually it's not rushed, though, from what I've seen. Um, yeah, that was, that's a completely yeah, maybe different it's the, take. I've it, never heard of that. Maybe it's the spot like I went to. But yeah. um, well, if, if it's Michelin rated, then this, I mean, service. Oh, no, no. I went, to a, I went to one that's Michelin rated, which is Tim Hoan. And I went to one that was, it was highly rated on just like Google and Yelp. 
But then the service, which one rushed you out? Both of them? Uh, no, the first one. Because oh, if both of them rushed you out, then it's probably a problem with you. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the mission and rated one. The mission and rated yeah. one was the quality. of The food wasn't as I didn't think as it was as good as New York quality dim sum, and the one that rushed us out was just pretty much. I think they were they catered to more of the um, like tourists. So they mm. they were like, okay, you're 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 Asian, so we don't care about you. Like, oh that's, wow, so it was like racism, but not really because <laughs> yeah, they're Asian too. Yeah, I gave them the worst like review ever. You know. Oh yeah, like, you're an elite Yelper. Don't mess with you guys. No, I, well, I mean, I was elite for <laughs> one year, okay, and then I was kicked out because I stopped. You know, I didn't write enough reviews. Uh, so you got lazy. I got lazy. You took your foot I, off yeah. the gas. Pedal. I don't yeah. think I'll be. I don't think they'll let me be a Yelp elite again this year. I haven't wrote any reviews. Oh yeah. Oh, for the well, why you go to so many restaurants? I've just gotten lazy with it and, okay. and you forget about it sometimes. Well, but how long were you uh, a Yelp elite? It's my third year. Okay, all right. Year. That's yeah. that's good. That's Damn, I, I gotta admit, I never even wrote one Yelp review. <laughs> I no, feel like such, I feel like such a scrub around you guys. <laughs> no, it is no big. Is deal. it abnormal? I mean, I mean, you do get invited to uh, events. some events and stuff. Your reviews, oh, you do? Yeah. Wait, so what happens if you're Yelp elite? Please walk me through this. You get the perks as you as a as a normie. Uh, <laughs> so they host these events a few times a month. Um, it could be any Yelp. Yelp. Yelp does. Okay. Um, it could be anything. It could be food related. Um, sometimes they have axe throwing events, things like that, and um, it's basically free food. You know, you, you go in. It's they have a uh, some kind of agreement with the restaurant, and, and you come in, you socialize, you meet the other Yelp elites. Sometimes you can bring a plus one, mm-hmm. uh, and they bring you free food, and you're expected to you know write a review about that place. Um, mostly, have you been to a Yelp elite re- uh, event? Uh, one one Yelp Elite. It's pretty much like a promotional event. They have yeah. like certain cocktails that the yeah. signature cocktails that they serve. And is right. it like a whiskey um, event, like one of those McKellen? Yeah, it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they do this for, I would say, newer restaurants uh, that are trying to get their name out there. Okay. You know, trying to get a little bit more exposure. So you 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 go through like a uh, a testing. A tasting, testing, tasting. Somewhat. That that's a little bit different. That's that's uh, something I do on my food blog sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Yelp Elite events, you just have to sign. There's a list of events, and then you have to sign up for which event you want to get into. But sometimes the events get filled up very quickly. You're put on a wait list. They also look at when the last time um, you know you were at an event. You know, if you've been to too many events, they might um, you know not allow you in. Um, they also look at how active you are. If you're more active, you get into more events as well. Right. Now, um, does it matter if you're very active, but you're giving all amazing ratings? Or do they want you to give a range of uh, reviews uh, going from one star to five stars? Or that uh, doesn't matter at all? I don't they think just that matters too, too much, but the quality of your review matters. They look at that. And if you mm-hmm. post the pictures as oh, well. So, so they read your comments. They read your comp. If you post up, you know, a sentence oh. uh, compared this to someone. This is good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exclamation, like exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. here. That's not going to fly. Emoji thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. But you, you post up a good sized paragraph and you post the pictures that you took. Okay. They like to see that. Yeah. You know? I think writing is, it counts more because I never posted any photos, really. Mm. And I, I just wrote like long ass paragraphs. So are there tears? Like, for example, oh, if, of- if you do 50 comments, then you're automatically elite. If you do 50 comments for six months, then you're on your track, baby. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't know the criteria, but then they, they have the community manager kind of reach out to you and say like, yeah. oh, like so is that like, how you know? Yeah. You, we they like what hit, you wrote. Hit you up? Yeah, they hit us up. Like a secret mm. society? Like, hey. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, I'm not it's like some random guy that message you on Yelp and like, who's yeah. this guy? Yeah. And then he says like, I like what you wrote. You know, oh, <laughs> I've gotten that before. <laughs> is that creepy? Kind of, yeah. Like, hey, yeah. random. I really love the way you <laughs> explain that egg roll. Yeah, <laughs> it's exquisite. Man. You know what? I have never heard anyone articulate mm-hmm. those fried dumplings that way. I would like to know more. I, I get messages like that on my food blog. I just, really? Like Instagram, yeah, I just kind of ignore it. I don't know what to say to that. Wait, you, you know? mean like messages with yeah, like, fans. With, with sexual innuendos? No, no, not sexual. Oh, okay. Just like oh. really odd comments. Like this guy followed me, and then on the first day he followed me, he's like, hey, let's meet up in Chinatown for, for like a- Stop uh, it. Yeah, I was okay, like- Okay, oh, all right. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to just- like, I mean, you have, to, you have to do your due diligence, right? You have to do a background check and see if, oh, he's a fellow blogger. But they don't even know what you look like. Like, are they, like, I could understand they're doing it trying to hook up. I, I Shoot your shot. I get it. <laughs> But they don't know what you look like. You're just doing food. Yeah, I, I I think I need to post a few more pictures. Of I mean, I mean, like food blog. I mean, like it doesn't take much to find out how you look like. Like I like I, I no. went on your food blog on IG, and I, I you know. Well, I have multiple pictures. accounts links. So yeah, 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 yeah. Picture and okay. other one. Oh, so they might have digged a little bit. Yeah, and said, yeah. Oh, he's he's cute. I like him, and he knows where to eat. I did my my stuff. Hey, what's up? Let's, yeah, but let's, uh, this let's was a guy, up. so. <laughs> hey, that's all good. If you, I don't know which way you swing. No, but. I don't swing that way. Okay, nothing wrong with it. But you know, yeah. mm-hmm. wait. So has has any uh, uh, females ever yeah. tried to reach out to you? It, it's usually people who have we've been following each other for a while, and okay. they're also food bloggers. So we we do meetups, we do tastings. Oh, so it's innocent. It's innocent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's oh, nothing, you know, some good spots. It's networking. Bring me yeah. there. And okay, right. yeah. A lot of um, there's companies. There's, there's like food companies, like Food and City. Mm-hmm. It hosts a lot of events. It's a pretty big blog and mm-hmm. um you know they'll invite 20 people in you know all food bloggers um yeah. and then um you'll you'll take pictures you'll enjoy the food mm-hmm. you know and it it looks by the way if you ever if you've ever gone to a a, a tasting event it looks like a rave because mm. every food really? blogger has the led light it's just going off and why uh for better you know for better lighting Oh. For pictures, restaurants are very dark. Oh, that's right. So you'll have like 12 lights light <laughs> up at the same that. time. Not only that, you have all these people on top of each other trying to get the best picture. Yeah, now, yeah It looks yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Are they standing on top of their chairs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, hey, I've done that before. Well, yeah. No yeah. shame. No, you have to get the best angle. Right? Yeah, so absolutely. Get it. Um, so it's, it's fun. You get to meet a lot of people. Um, I would say it's heavily female dominated as well, mm-hmm. like 90% uh, female. Just, just Did you that. ever get a date out of this? No, I haven't. Ninety. That's a great ratio. That's a great ratio. But sometimes great. they bring their boyfriends. Amazing you know, ratio. Whatever. So let's just say um, I have a date. I want to impress her. I want to do something different. Okay. okay. And let's just say I want to do like a, instead of a bar crawl, I'll do like a food crawl. Yeah. Where would be a good place to do that without having to constantly hop in a car or move around just somewhere in New York City? Yes. And I could just kind of do this little street food t- tasting. So I would say the the best places would be here, Chinatown. Um, Flushing is a great spot. And uh, Jackson Heights is, I think Jackson Heights in Queens has actually the best food. You really? Know? What, yeah. what kind of food? It's very diverse. You've got Tibetan, you've got, uh, you know, Indian, Pakistan, big, uh, you know, in terms of Spanish food. Right. Um, and... And they all hold it down there? They, they all do, they do very stuff? well. And it's okay. it's not, you know, it's locals cooking the stuff. People who, who 
have come here from a different country just for a few years. Yeah, it's not someone that they just hired off of. Yeah, food is good. It's so affordable. So, and you can go to many different spots. Jackson Heights? Jackson Heights. Spe- is there like a certain street specifically? Or? No, they're kind of spread out. Okay. And, um, you know, they have a little but bit. Walkable. 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 Very walkable. Okay. So, so it makes sense that it's spread out because, I mean, with the diversity of of restaurants, each I guess each block has their own kind of... Uh, or am I incorrect about that? It's mixed. So um, no, in no. one actually, block, you can have Chinese, Spanish, Tibetan, all, all of that? They're all close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might get like an area that's a little more Tibetan, uh, another area that's a little more Thai. But they're very close. It's not a big area. They're very close to each other. So that would be a nice to do like a date night. Sure. Or date di- in the daytime. It depends on who you're dating. So some people don't like that. They want to. It's, very, it's well, very authentic food. Yeah. Right? It's, oh. As, you know, it's, so it, it, it's gritty. Not, like the places you go to are, yeah. are a little gritty. So they have to be okay with that. I love that though. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I live for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just back to what we we're saying, like, um, you know, a lot of what we, we eat has, has history behind mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, and I like, for me, I like learning a little bit about it and, and um, explaining it to people, you know, like, if you if you look at Filipino food, right, it has Spanish influences, right? They were Absolutely. colonized for a little bit, so pork is big there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, American influence as well, big on spam and like spaghetti and hot dogs, you know. Yeah. Um, you, if you look at Vietnamese food, um, uh, if you look at pho, for example, that dish was was um, you know made from using scraps of beef that the French didn't want, right? Oh, okay. So, um, you know. When, when that the, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When, when the French would, uh, colonized them, they, they were big on like premium cuts of meat. And whatever was left over, uh, the locals kind of dumped together. Right, because they fish. had the beef flanks. They had the tendons. The tendons. Yeah. And even the broth, they, they would use the bone marrows to, to brew it. So it has that meaty uh, taste to it. And it has some Asian influences with the noodles from probably from China. Um, if you look at the bami, for example, um, the the classical one has pate in it. Pate is very big in France, and then the bread itself is a baguette. Uh, excuse me, a baguette. So that's also from France, right? So every, everything we eat has a little bit of history behind it. And I just find it really They're all connected somehow. Yeah. That's right. Like there was yeah, some, yeah. Uh, I guess, unintentional influence. Yeah. Is it Korean food? Don't isn't there like um, in their food because of the poor? Like they started making. A certain style of food because I guess the the rich didn't want it and then they started creating Korean barbecue or something or the side dishes and that also started with the poor something like that I don't know I'm, well I'm don't really quote me on it but then I heard about the stew that the, the Koreans have it's like it's like pork bone or something like that and then they, they have it <clears throat> they, they make it in, in, a, in a metal pot and the reason why is because when they um, at war they would use that their hats to to boil the soup and they put t- potatoes and all this um, hmm. scraps of meat and, and and bones and stuff like that and making it a stew I, i'm not sure when i was in korea i i had that type of stew i'm not really sure i don't eat too much korean food i, I oh, need yeah. to look into that though okay but it would make sense are, are there like korean street food style because everything i see it's either korean barbecue or uh some type of sit down style i, I think there is i don't think it's big in new york though I don't see too many like carts or, or like street food when it comes yeah. to Korean. So a lot of Asian cultures uh, have uh, street food. Yes. Have street food like Taiwan. When I went to Taiwan, that was is huge. Yeah. The night markets, and then you go to the street food vendors there, or uh, the stinky tofu. Right. 
when I went to Vietnam, same thing. Street food everywhere. Um, Pho is a street food. I would right. not, I would not think of right. That I mean, I literally sat case, on like this plastic stool, and was so small for me because I guess you're I, a tall guy. I'm a tall guy, especially <laughs> over there, right? Right. So it's not made for my knees, but like on my chest, and I'm eating pho. I look like this. I look and they have this foldable table that's for like kitties, yeah, like, yeah. kids. Yeah. I love that though. That's that's part of. But I've I've never seen something like that for Korean. It's mm. it's usually a dine-in experience. Yeah, I've I've had the same experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think we're also in New York as well, so not everything translates over to um, New York when you're you're bringing right. food from from different parts. When of you Asia. went when you went to Korea, did you see anything? No, all the street food stuff was in Taiwan and in China where right. I went. Yeah, in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong they didn't really have. In Thailand, there's street food's huge too. It's big. Yeah. Um, no, in, in Hong Kong they got rid of all that stuff <laughs> because of. Uh, but if, you know, if you look at you know new york like the thai food and the taiwanese food it's not really there's not too many street vendors that's what i'm saying like it you know it doesn't always translate over to mm-hmm. to um, the city very well so it's probably popular over there but over here right they'll have they'll have a station in the restaurant itself yeah because i think some of that might be too gritty yeah uh, i think it may not mix with the american palate too well some people i mean look at take take a dish like chicken feet I love that chicken feet in yep. dim sum. I love love it. It's one of my favorite dim sum dishes. Right. I brought a couple of friends who'd never had dim sum before. And as soon as they saw that nail, <laughs> <laughs> they were done. They're like, Will, this is, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's also the texture. Can we get chicken yeah. and broccoli, please? Yeah. General Sal's like, what the hell is this? Well, I was like, dude, it's dim sum. Yeah. They're like, no, bro. I'm not. Look at there's a fucking nail in my food. Like, I'm not putting that in my mouth. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. Yeah. You have to swallow the nail. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing, but the thing is, like, it's also texture too. Because the Western palate, it's like it's anything that's slimy, mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not made well for the Western palate. Like, but in Eastern. In the, for the Eastern palate, like texture is is a, a huge thing in the cuisine, right? So even if it's like crunchy, slimy, it's part of like the experience of sure of, mm-hmm. of food, right? Uh, I think it's changing. I I, I don't know what you're seeing because um, you're What's more changing? the American palate. <clears throat> I think they're starting to be curious about mm-hmm. it. I think uh, part partly due to uh, social media. Oh, mm-hmm. and Netflix, right? Yeah. And they have all these food documentaries and, and all these uh, chefs becoming famous. Sure. And, and, you, and you look and you follow their journey and what they eat and how amazing it looks. And, and then when you hear stories behind how they made that sauce, how they made that, whether it's slimy or it looks gooey, and you see that it's famous, people from all over the world going there to eat it. I think that may help them become more open-minded uh, have a more open mind next time they go uh, and have an opportunity to eat something or they may just go after it they say you know what let me try this I want to I want to give this a shot so my friend my same friend that I brought there eventually now that dude's into like pho right he loves nice. pho actually he makes pho now before nice. yeah I mean um, I'm seeing a little bit, bit of that too um, people seem to be a little bit more open to trying new things and Especially if, if they've seen something that's documented, um, Netflix have Netflix has paved the way for a lot of these things. They have all these food shows, food documentaries. Um, social media has a big impact as well. It's Instagram, um, all those pictures, all those posts um, being put up, people learn a little bit more and more about uh, the culture, the ethnicity, and and uh, what kind of food is involved. Now, here's what I find, uh, and yeah, I mean the sirens. Are just, sorry for the. 
noise pollution folks is uh I think there's a police car. What the heck's going on? Is there a police car? That like sounds right like there? an ambulance. Ambulance right yeah. downstairs? Police doesn't sound like that. The popo. No. Yeah. You, you know what? I'm I mean, just... Uh, the, <laughs> while we're on the top, ambulance uh, or police sirens, they sound different in different uh, cities. Oh, I didn't oh. know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. The, you didn't notice that? Like when, no. when I was down in Florida? Oh, it, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's, it sounded different when uh-huh. I'm in New York and even when we're up in Buffalo. Yeah. It, it it doesn't have the same cadence, mm-hmm. the same uh, chime. Yeah. Uh, you know, New York is like, bloop, bloop. You know, the, yeah, yeah. the, the police, at least, and then the, the, the ambulance. But it, it's it's different. It's it's a, it's a different, I don't know, I guess people with the, 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 the ear. Yeah. The musical ear. They can tell what pitch. Yeah. Uh, what's that called? The like signature. People, they, they hear everything and it's like a note. The people that play uh, instruments like guitar or piano. Tone. Yeah, like they hear everything, and they could kind of go, "Oh, that's E. That's yeah, yeah. you know, a different note." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, I, I'm not one, but I noticed that it just sounds different. I am definitely not an audiophile, yeah. like no. what they call. I, back to food. <laughs> 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 now that, uh, yeah. So, look, since COVID happened, I think I don't know. All of these restaurants we were just talking about before, it, it's it's changing, and they had to adjust with times, but some weren't. A lot of restaurants has closed its doors. Yes, forever. Yes. That's right. What do you think it's going to happen? Uh, what's going to take over? What's going to be the food scene in New York? Are we going to have a a shell of what we had before, or do you think it's all the bad ones are going to get wiped out? At the same note, there were a lot of terrible restaurants in New York sure. that should. I have no idea how they stay in business for years, but. Maybe because of tourism, a lot of people aren't aware, and they just continue to uh, go to these establishments and support mm-hmm. it, even though the food stinks and the ratings. I mean, the Yelp review. I mean, I see two, three star Yelp uh, restaurants, which is considered not good, right? I right, mean, I- but you know, some of those ratings aren't accurate, and it, it's more for service. And I found some of the best restaurants with like three star ratings. You know, so really, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's you can't yeah. always look at Yelp ratings. People and- complain about a whole bunch of. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Not just the food. And not only that, um, Yelp reviews can be faked as well. There, there's a there's a way to do it. Um, uh, I you know there's there's marketing companies that work with just Yelp elites, and they they'll bring them to restaurants, and you know in exchange for free food, they expect like a five star review. So um, sometimes they'll send in a whole bunch of Yelp elites, and you have like thirty reviews so far for the restaurant and you know they're they're bought pretty much you know mm-hmm. uh, the restaurant pays the, the they're marketing. legit but they're not they're not always legit like they're legit the they're that. real people they're real people but you know but they've not always bribed. honest they've been paid for exactly. the five star right when one form or another now what is the biggest indicator of that um you look on the page and it's all yelp elites that's a huge indicator because there's not uh, that yeah. many of so, us. Yeah, makes I got caught sense. then, okay, because check this out. I was looking for a really good pizzeria. Okay. Somewhere not in New York. Okay. And it, it is in a major city, though. So then I say, oh, my gosh, let's check this one out. And it popped up. I think it was like top five right, recommendations. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right. And I was like, this one has four and a half stars. Wow. All right. Damn. Usually I see four stars for pizza, but four and a half. All right. So, I, I'm starting, and I'm seeing Elite Yelp, Elite Yelp, Elite Yelp. So, I'm thinking, yo, this is legit. These are Elite Yelpers coming here. <laughs> I didn't think, like, hey, 
these guys are getting, I, I, you know, again, I'm just from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is amazing. So as I continue, I, I started going, this is strange. How is everybody giving five stars? Like, they're, I having a hard time pulling up some four stars, some three stars, some two stars, one star. So I was like, this is strange. So I was like, let me get down. So I filtered it for the four star, three star reviews. And somebody's like, I don't know if these reviews are real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they said this. So I was like, you know what, though? Let me give this a shot. I went to the restaurant and it was actually delicious. I wouldn't give it a five star rating. It wasn't like right. that level, but it was it was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had the opposite experience. I've, I've gone to like a four and a half star rated restaurant. It was terrible. And it was probably a lot of the reviews were probably fake, you know. Um, so it, I don't know. It, it, there's a whole industry behind it right now. And, uh, is there anything Yelp can do to combat that? I'm pretty sure they don't want that. I don't think so. It's gonna be tough, right? Like, what what can he do? You know, it, it, it's first of all, it's hard for them to figure that out. You know, these people are are messaged privately, and um, they actually eat at the restaurant. It's not like they don't go there. Right. You know, so they're kind of they found this loophole, and they they well, use they use Yelp elites because if you write if a regular person writes a review on Yelp. Sometimes it gets filtered. It doesn't pass through. But Yelp Elite reviews always pass through right away. So that's why they use uh, Yelp oh. Elites, you know, these marketing companies. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where, you know, have, having that, that um, status helps a little bit. Your reviews will go through instantly. Damn, I should have kept my <laughs> status. Damn it. <laughs> Do you guys ever see that South Park episode? I don't know if you watch South Park. But they had this episode with Yelpers. No, People I haven't seen that, that one. Oh, my gosh. Oh my! You it? guys got to check it out. <laughs> well, Cartman acts like he goes real extra on it on his food <laughs> reviews. Oh, he like he flaunts his like he, his he, yeah. He tosses his weight around like, like they have this. There's people that do that entitled in real life, by entitlement. The way. Yeah, yeah, where they felt yeah. very entitled. Like you better treat me with the most amazing service, or else. I'm gonna give you this. I mean, I've they s- go in saying, "Look, I'm a Yelper." I've said I'm this, food, but, I'm a food but in a joking critic. way. In a joking way, I've done yeah. this in, in the restaurants, but in a very joking way. But I don't know if and I, I laugh wait, about it. You can't do it. No, I laugh about it. You know, you, <laughs> you wait. So you've gone into restaurants and say, "Hey, I'm a food critic." Somebody would a group of my friends. <laughs> a go, no, a group of my friends would say, "Like, oh, he's a Yelp elite," and I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm alright." And then the 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 the, the, st- the staff would actually pay more attention to us. And I'm like, wow, okay, so there is some. You're gonna get that extra sauce, that extra spit. No, I mean, like, you know, saying, like, you better give me something good just because. Yeah, but your friends kind of messed it up for you there. (laughs) Like, hey, he's a Yelp police, so you know what's up. You know, and I'm, if I'm the waiter there, I'm I like, get so embarrassed. I'm like, no, because if they're acting extra. I'm a secret shopper. I'll stop. tell you what, I've been in the restaurant business and yeah. I've worked in restaurants. And a lot of the times when they were nicer to someone, it's because they were doing something to you. Oh, interesting. It's not because huh. they were scared oh. of you. No. It, it, yeah. it, was, it wasn't, when I worked at the restaurant, it was never because we were scared of a customer. Mm-hmm. When I never spit in anyone's food or did anything like that, all right? But they, this is from your experience, though. Is it like, they're, they not put all on, people are hey, going to be nice yeah, because. Sure. Oh, oh, is everything all right? Yeah, I don't know. After, I experienced that in five after, after you bite into that laced food, they go, is everything good? Can I get you anything? And, mm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, believe me, if you go in there going, you know, puffing your chest. Right, right. I never know. I, I never do. It, I never it, do so. it, those people, I can't imagine they like that. 
I don't even like doing that, you know. Yeah. Um, you want to be a secret. Food yeah, tester. I don't. Right. I don't like telling people. I mean, I don't like telling restaurants that that uh, I run a food block. You know, mm-hmm. um, I had a very similar experience to you actually. So, um, you know, I, I I went to a restaurant yesterday actually, uh, Good Taste in Elmhurst, Malaysian restaurant. I walk mm-hmm. in, didn't say anything. Uh, the people were just really not nice. They were nasty. You know, um, they're like sign your name go sit over there like very blunt and just mm-hmm. like didn't look at you yeah. um so we sit down and again i don't even say i'm, I'm i run a food blog or anything i take out my camera i take out the lights start taking pictures or anything and then i think they realize like oh shit this this, don't, don't <laughs> this guy like does oh, something shit. with food okay yeah. and they they parked right up see they that's different right that's different that's a smart way to do it <laughs> like i wouldn't then they would be like oh snap I'll take care of this guy. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened, right. pretty much. But, but if someone came in like, "Hey, I'm Yelp Elite," or "I'm a food critic," just letting you know, it's snobby. Yeah, then yeah. they're gonna go, "Oh, okay, okay, I got you." I don't know. I'll take care. I, I don't of know you. anyone. You know, would do that. Except, I don't know. It's just weird to me. If you're just you go in there, puff up your chest. No, and but what like, I'm saying, even if your friends blow you up, yeah, like, hey, out at me. Like, <laughs> just imagine you work at a restaurant and then, hey, just letting you know, my man right here, he's he's a oh, food God. critic, he's a Yelp elite. Oh. Just 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 letting you know, you better treat us right. You say that they might the add that little they extra. Don't like that. I mean, yeah. a lot of places don't even care that you're a food blogger. Like the ones in Chinatown, they don't care. Mm. Yeah. You, you go to like like um, Bolge or, or some kind of like hole in the wall. They're like, <laughs> but well, I, does I that makes you yeah. better. It, but isn't that changing because with with the whole you know COVID situation, you know people essentially stop coming. Like they don't have mm-hmm. the same volume of people coming no. in. So I've seen signs that say like. Please share us on social media. Tell all your friends all these things. So is that changing? It, because of it's the whole, changing a little bit. Yeah. I feel like for the newer restaurants, they're a little more savvy. But the old school ones, um, not all, all of them have adapted to that. Mm. You know, yeah. um, that that hole in the wall that's been there for 40, 50 years. They're on social media. They don't really care who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. That's so true. And they don't need to. Yeah. They don't need Word to because their customer base, are, I mean, that kept them alive for all these years are going to continue to come back. Sure. They don't care about your damn reviews nope. or what you have to say about it. Nope. And that's, you know, we know so many places like that. We yeah. eat at those places. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, the service usually is very rude and they don't really, you know, they don't care about you at all. Uh, they just serve you food and that's it. Well, know? let me tell you, if a place is rude to me, I'm not going back. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that's unacceptable. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm a guest. Sure. And You're a customer as well, a paying right, customer, right? And I'm helping, I'm supporting your business. Mm-hmm. I'm paying full price for this, and and uh, the least you could do is just be nice, right? That's yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Um, you go to some places in Chinatown, like uh, Noodle Town. Have you have you been there before? Yes, several times. I've been there. They chase you for for like tips, and they don't give good service. Either. Well, it depends. So, um. I mean, I used to go there. Mostly, it was like it was the after party spot yes, for us. Yes, we that is sixty nine. Yeah, that in sixty nine. Mm-hmm. We never ate there during the daylight hours when all the other restaurants were open. Yes, we eat there at like three, four a.m. after the club right. or after. So we would go to these. Uh, and I, I have to explain that to people. They think Noodle Town is like the greatest, the greatest no, restaurant. I'm like their food is okay. Why is that it's bizarre? They, their ratings are high too. They're so on. I think they were on some food guides. That's why. Anytime oh. you were put, like Joe's yeah. Shanghai, that's not the best like soup dumpling spot. It's, you know, it's, it's like a so, tourist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been so popularized and I'm going, 
you guys don't know man like nope. there's other spots like we asians go yep. eh, we're shaking we, our heads like you we only go there because that's the only spot open right like that's that's anyway but you're i guess you're you connected that because noodle town can be very rude right yeah yeah i i, I totally I, agree with you and they chase you if you don't tip them enough not even if you if you don't tip. If you don't right. tip them enough, they'll chase you. Right. You know, I've I've never seen waiters that aggressive before. Yeah. Not only that, um, they started shaming one of my friends because he couldn't speak Chinese. It was the most oh. hilarious well, thing because he can speak Chinese. First of all, well, he well. couldn't speak Chinese. You were there with us that yeah, night. I was there. Uh, what, I was like, wait, was it, he shitting you or was he shitting? No, it was he was shitting the guy. The my guy, our friend. Uh, yeah. 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 Yo, so you were there. I was there. Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious because we were. I guess we were drunk. Were we? I don't know. We we're coming from a party, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I guess we might have been buzzed or whatever. Okay. In normal situations, we were just like, "Hey, we'd be pretty uptight about it." Well, he wanted that that green sauce, that ginger uh, green ginger, sauce. Yeah. 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 Oh, the, the the one you put in chicken, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said it in a really Americanized way, and he was like, "Just for that, you can only get one." <laughs> <laughs> I know that right? we didn't. Do. We just walked out. Up. Yeah, yeah. He, he said. <laughs> He said, "Just for that, you can only get one." And then he asked wow. for another one. He's like, "No." Nah. He was like, "He." I, I thought he was joking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought he was joking too. And yeah. then he was super serious. He was dead serious. Dead like, serious. you are not really Chinese. You are betrayal. Yeah. How can yeah. they do that though? There's so many ABCs now. There's so I know. Many, like non, you know, Chinese people who aren't. They don't speak Chinese. They're Americanized. No. And and if you think it's bad in if you in New York, a lot of New York. This is just we're just most of the Asians here. Our age are first generations, meaning. Our parents are immigrants. Right. Most of the most of our parents are immigrants coming up. So, but if you, I mean, that guy has to try to go out to the West Coast. You got four, five, six generations. Yeah, that's right. Of of Asian Americans, you know. So, yeah. I mean, they they it's you. I don't think you can. I don't think it makes you any less Chinese if you can't speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. I don't. I really. I really don't think so. Uh, I, I don't think that should. But it's not like he, he couldn't speak Chinese. He just said it. You, I guess yeah, I could understand him. Yeah, but he said it you in an American way. I could stand, understand right? him. But then to, to be American that rude. Accent. I mean, to be that. Oh rude, yeah, there's know, no excuse like, for that. There's no excuse for that. That's that's like again. That's it's like how do you? It's, it's kind of racist. <laughs> there's right? a lot of that's other like, places better than. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's yeah. like your own that's people, point. so yep, it's like not right. racist. Like, is it racist? Is it racist if if you're being racist towards your own people? Like. No, you just I don't know if there's dick. a term for that. Just yeah, exactly. Dick, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was strange that that people think um, certain restaurants are amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's because they're they're marketed in that way. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, in yeah, but they have they have, they have tongues. They can mm-hmm. taste food when they go mm-hmm. there. They like is it the is this one of those things where the mind like you know where everyone tells you like if yeah. you're eating shit. And they're going. This is it's, amazing yeah. delicacy. And you're eating shit, and you're I going. I think. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Let I me enjoy so. it a lot. Is it like that herd yeah. mentality? It's it can be. be. I mean, a lot of these places, they're not bad. They're just not the best. And um, you know, someone who's relatively new to the food scene in, in, in terms of like Chinese food, they don't know what's good or what's not. They right. they don't always have something to compare it to. So they say it's decent, and they'll, they'll say, "Oh, it was, it was a right. great experience." You know what I good. think? I think a lot of them they just it has to check the palate. It needs to have salt. Mm-hmm. It needs to be sweet, that sugary sauciness, right? And, uh, and then it needs to have some type of like texture that's not slimy. And I mean, that's yeah. pretty much the American palate, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. So it checks those three boxes. They're going to give them more than likely going to be very satisfied with mm-hmm. it. More than likely. 
if they don't if they're not familiar with mm-hmm. our food and what it's supposed to taste like right that's why there's ch- real chinese food and then there's americanized chinese food right you right just so like certain pasta dishes right right you you when you get first get introduced to pasta you're like wow Mm-hmm. This is pretty damn good. The sauce, the noodles, all this very good. Then you start going to other places. Then you have something that's al dente. You're like, okay, now I can't have noodles unless it's al dente. Anymore. I can't have soggy noodles or overcooked noodles anymore. I can't touch that. Right. And then you go another level where Italian mother cooks it for you. And you go, now I can't even, <laughs> damn, I can't even go to any other restaurant anymore because the way you make it, it's so like, what the heck? There's no point anymore. Yeah. I'm just coming over. <laughs> yeah, it's like so you can't even have yeah. it. So Once it's, you try the real thing, then it's it's, hard to it's go like yeah. um, when you mentioned when you went to Japan. Yeah, then, when you had ramen sushi here, and then when you went to Japan, it just it blew your mind. Destroyed it's, it for yeah. me. I love ramen. I love Japanese mm-hmm. food. Right. I love ramen. Uh, I love I love sushi. Uh, omakase. I'm always down for that. Yeah. And we we went to Japan. Me and my buddy, and we just started going crazy over there and I could not believe how amazing it was like I did not get sick of the food I thought I would get sick of it after a week did not I just kept on ripping through as much Japanese food as I can because it was just amazing right um, from from the from the barbecue Japanese barbecue mm. to I mean they just have so many different types of food within their street food too is amazing right. in Osaka um, I came back here I my friends went to a Japanese restaurant. I just couldn't even look at it. It just, it looked like child's play. Like yeah, it just I'm couldn't. Sure. Yeah, it, it's like, it, it looked like fast food Japanese food. It just right. didn't feel right eating it. Sure. And I couldn't eat Japanese food for a full year wow. after coming back from Japan. I could not eat Japanese food for a full year. Not because I was some snob. It's just because I, it just messed it up for me so much that I... Every time I tasted it, I just didn't enjoy it. It didn't mm. make I, I, food supposed to make you happy, right? And it just didn't make me happy. I just didn't feel it. You know, I had to eat everything else but that. It became a chore. It mess not a chore. <laughs> You're not the first person to tell me that. I've heard that a few times before. You know, visited Japan, they came here, and they 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 couldn't look at you know um, sushi or ramen the same way anymore. They couldn't even try. You know, uh, the quality was just on a completely different level, and it, it's. It changed everything completely uh, for them, you know. I've heard uh, Japan has really good pizza, though. Like, pizza? It's out of the blue, but I've really? heard they have, like, one of the, like, the best pizza, in, you know, in the world, uh, oh, aside from, I, like, Italy, you know. And I found it really surprising. That is when surprising. I heard that. So that's another, I guess. Did for you my, try that? For my third trip, I will. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm always looking for an excuse to go to Japan. Well, was there a certain spot yeah. you recommend? Like, because. I, I, I've never been there. Yeah. It's just what I keep hearing. Oh. Um, and I think Netflix did an episode on it as well. Yeah. Uh, one of those food, um, you okay. know, shows. So I got to check this out. Man. Yeah. Japanese pizza. Is it. So is it traditional? Do they have like the red sauce? And the, I think the it's a little bit different. Or. I, I think it's a little different. Uh, I'm not quite sure how, but it's it's um, they they put their own spin on it and it comes out great. And they, they even use like a you know a brick oven, I believe, or, or a wood oh, fire I love oven, brick oven. You know, I had something uh, like that when I went to Greece. Okay, uh, and it was amazing. Such a big difference, right? Amazing, yeah. And the way they did it, they made they made it so thin mm-hmm. but crispy, and it didn't fall apart. Yes, it was. They found the right ratio of cheese sauce toppings where you can hold and dough where it's not doughy mm-hmm. and, and you can hold it and it just holds in place 
but then when you eat it the flavors you can taste the sea it's just everything together it just made me go oh my maybe i could taste the sea because i was sitting on top of the the way greece is like a you know the hills mm-hmm. and you can see the water it's just mm-hmm. gorgeous in greece i love greece do you know what the difference is from a brick oven and a gas oven like a traditional gas oven pizzerias well the flavor palette right if they the flavor, have yeah. they have the brick oven it, it's gonna expose it to that uh i guess that type of essence sure right? is it is it very similar to like barbecue like you have the charcoal versus the gas grill oh i can't i mean what what i was gonna say is a a brick oven heats up much much faster so Mm. you know you you cook your pizza much faster your toppings get crispier and and you get just a better texture in my opinion Mm. but it's such a pain to to clean and and to maintain Compared to but it tastes, it, it tastes better than something that's yeah. in the oven. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like cooking something in high heat. Right. It, it does change the, the, the food. It doesn't dry out. And, you know, it's, it's, there's not too many brick oven uh, pizzerias in New York City anymore. Uh, but back in the day, uh, I think there were a few more. I mean, there, there's still a couple out of Williamsburg. Like Lombardi's, Grimaldi's. Yeah. Those, the old ones. Yeah, the yeah. older ones. But yeah. the newer pizzerias, they just. Well, why is that? Well, the brick ovens are very, very difficult to construct and to clean. Like, I think back in the day, you would need a person to, like, to squeeze in there just to clean, like, the, the inner portion of it. It's like, no, you know, not, not too many people want to do that. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. I believe and a now, gas oven. And now it's, like, about volume, right? You're yes. trying to push out as many pizzas right. as possible. It's not about the quality anymore. You said you're into um, mixed martial arts, too, right? Yeah. Been, yeah. A little bit. Uh, do you train? I dab in Muay Thai. Uh, a little bit of boxing, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, and I've been training on and off with a ton of breaks, let's say, for the past eight or nine years. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like a lot of people who have started training, um, back in the late 90s, I, I used to be a fan of uh, Pride and, and UFC, and um, it was just really interesting to me. And then when I got a little bit older, uh, I decided, um, you know, I wanted to get involved. I, I actually, when I first started, it was with a friend, and we would just like watch YouTube videos of how to apply a choke, oh. <laughs> and, like try it on each other. Yeah. Um, oh, did you guys each actually sleep each other, or uh, we almost did a few times? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was more of a we were just doing it incorrectly, and that's not the way to go. Right. You got to join a real gym when you're starting off. When you guys roll, I mean. Do you guys go all out or is it more like maybe you're getting 50, 50% of your energy and you guys are just trying to figure it out like a chess game? Because a lot of it is like... It's like technique. It's technique. Yeah. It's chess games. It's it's really just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or did you guys train going all out? Because when I was... I mean, I used to dabble in it. And mm-hmm. initially, when I was a kid, we'd go all out. And, and the master was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to win. And he was like, <laughs> well, he was like, no, no, no. I want you to learn. Right. I want you guys to learn. And then because I, I want you guys to train again tomorrow and the day after that and right. the day after that. He's I don't want point. you guys to go all out because then you won't be able to train for another two weeks. You're going to be hurt. Right. And I don't want you getting injured. So it depends. When you're a beginner, you don't know anything. So you have to muscle yourself out of uh, a lot of positions and, and uh, you know, to apply submissions, you, you do have to use a lot of strength. So I would say beginners tend to use the most brute force. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go a little bit higher up in the belts, they tend to stay a little bit more relaxed. 
they understand it's it's not like there's no egos. It's not a life or death situation. Right. So they they relax. They don't really care if they get submitted. Um, they transition from position to position very slowly and well, um, usually, um, because they know there's a lot of injuries involved, and um, you know you don't want to join a, a class and end up with with uh, you know some sort of uh, uh, injuries the next day. Right, you take so one you, step forward and you yeah, take three steps exactly. back. I mean, you mm-hmm. get injured, it could just it could sit you out for quite a while. Right. Yeah. I usually let the other person set the pace and then I try to, you know, match that. So that that's what I do. Um, but with beginners, they tend to all go very aggressive and uh, you know, just don't roll with beginners. <laughs> very spazzy. So, uh, I I tend to roll with higher belts, someone who has more experience and um, I've got about just from training, I, I think I have like eight different injuries just from over, over the years. Oh, wow. Uh, I have um, a left labral tear, um, a torn f- uh, muscle in my forearm. Uh, both my knees, I have uh, a partial pat- patella tendon tear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are um, yeah. I have um, torn ligaments in my, both my wrists. Um, I've got like lower back and neck issues. You know, Jeez. wait, this is all from BJJ or is it a, a it's probably a little bit of everything a combination? Okay. But it just kind of goes to show you if you've been doing it for a while, right? Um, you're going to get injured. And, but that's a lot of sports, mm-hmm. you know, Fo- look at football. Football has oh, a ton football of, is ridiculous. right. It's high impact, you know? Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have arthritis in three places thanks to basketball and snowboarding. Yeah. Oof. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's risks involved in, in everything. Yeah. But and I'm young. I, I, I caught it like at a young age. Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. There's risks involved, but but geez, I didn't know. I mean, those were actual games. I didn't get injured uh, with during practice. Mm-hmm. In practice, everybody's just we're pretty chill for the most, unless somebody's being a jerk, and you know we want to, and it's you know it's being very competitive, and we're going, sure. all right, you know what? And we're pushing each other, and we're challenging each other, and we're talking a lot of smack during practice. Mm-hmm. That happens. Then ego and pride gets in the way, and then right. now you got to man up, you know, and then right. play the whole man card. Sure. Uh, but I, I would imagine it's probably the same thing with uh, fighting, fight game. Well, I, I don't fight, so <laughs> I don't compete. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm a little more casual. I just train every now and then. I'm talking about practicing. Right. I, in my opinion, I think cl- practice classes, that's where you get most of your injuries. Do, so, you, do you ever see it escalating into something real? What do you mean? Like if you're practicing with someone and someone's just going a, a little bit too extra? Oh yeah, sparring it happens yeah. pretty often. I mean, uh, it depends on the gym and, and environment. I think that's the worst, right? When you're sparring and then you both agree pre-sparring, like, hey, this is friendly. Like we're sure. not head hunting here. We're not trying to kill each other. And then next thing you know, that one shot, but you you block it and you go. Dude, if that would have hit, that would have that would have got me really dizzy. Like you would have mm-hmm. concussed me, maybe. And now in my head, I'm I, I go all right, maybe I'll let's see. And then another one comes through. Right now I'm getting hot. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do something to you. Like right. I'm just gonna tag you real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna set you up. Mm-hmm. And then when I see that opening, I'm just gonna tag you and let you know. Like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm just gonna smile when you do that, and you're gonna know what's up. Like, yeah, <laughs> that that happens pretty often. Right? I mean, you described it perfectly. You know, um, you, you go at a certain pace; it's usually very slow, and then all of a sudden you get hit with a big shot. Yeah, you're like, oh, this this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to get him back. This, now. this guy right here. What are you, you doing? Know, and then it just escalates higher and higher. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, those gyms have um, 
a really interesting culture. Um, you get uh, people from all walks of life, I feel like. Very, pretty diverse. Um, and for the most part, it's very laid back. You know, um, if you come in with an ego uh, in, into a gym like that, you, you're, someone's going to check you very quickly. For sure. You know, because you're getting hit. You're getting beat up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's very humble, very nice. And, um, you know, I, I personally, I, I love it. I walk in and everyone's doing something different. Yeah. You got one person shadow boxing and another person's like doing homework on the yeah. side. And then you got a third person like eating like a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? I mean, you, you, you hit the nail right there. Like everybody that I've seen that um, knows how to fight, they're not walking around with their chest out like nope. looking for a fight. They know what they mm-hmm. can do. They're mm-hmm. very confident in their abilities. They're actually one of the nicest people. Yes. They they know what to do. They know how to control your body. If they could really they could kill you. Yep. With their bare hands, they can absolutely annihilate you and kill you. Yep. But they're so nice to you. They're not comfortable. You would never know. And they could have like a regular body. Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't have these bulging biceps. It's actually quite the opposite. They're yep. very lean. That's right. Very lean. And they're super nice. And then you get then you get the guys with the egos most of the time. Nine out of ten times. Those people cannot fight. Mm-mm. They they get like I don't know this, the courage or the, the 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 strength for I don't know thirty seconds. Yep. Forty seconds. If they're if they're sort of trained, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. If they got a lot of heart, maybe a little more than that. But it will fade because sure. their their muscles are tight. They're really and they're tiring themselves out faster, yeah. and they're not trained. Their lungs are, and then their heart eventually, it's just gonna their body's just not gonna listen to them what the mind wants to do. Uh, they have zero technique. They're going to get defeated. Conditioning is everything. Right. Uh, you, got, you, got very, you have very big guys. You know, you look at them. They're very muscular, bodybuilders. But you need a lot of, like, blood and oxygen to feed that. So they, you know, maybe they'll go at it for a minute, and then they'll get tired. And once they ha- get tired, it's, you know, they're one of the most helpless people out there in yeah. terms of sparring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, they're like a child. Their defense does not exist. Yeah. You their know? defense will break down yep. like they are they'll start covering up they'll just they're just they're done yeah they're done i've seen big guys i've seen bouncers um who are very intimidating physically right and w- when they started sparring initially you're like yo my man's gonna get wrecked mm-hmm. and once they continue to press and stay on top of the bounce and continue to press and press them press them like maybe a minute goes by you can see the form changing. Mm-hmm. You can see his body turn into a, like, you know, it was slightly bent. And then it was, went to a complete C. Mm-hmm. Like he was huffing and puffing. And he was just kind of like just dragging. Then his arms fell. Yep. Mm. And wow, was the biggest tell. He started fighting with his arms down. He was just swinging every time the guy came close. That's and, the biggest tell. And walking backwards. You know, your heart can only pump out so much blood. If you're yeah. a big guy, like, they tend to gas out very quickly yeah. as well. And that's the thing. Um, just going back to what you said earlier uh, with uh, the looks, it, it can be very deceiving. Pe- people that come to the gym, they, they look like normal people. And actually, the, the, the preppy-looking short guy, you know, like riding his scooter to work. With a that, bad haircut. <laughs> that's a guy that kills everyone on the mat. He kills really? everyone. The yeah. skinnier guy. The, the guy, guy that looks like he doesn't give a fuck about yeah. himself, like I don't want to fight you, dog. Like I know, I know you. You got. I know you've been trained. Like, super dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's very. Deceptive. So technique trumps size anytime. 
Not any uh, time. Yeah. Well, most of the time. If you're both trained, no. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, of course. Yeah. But if you're talking about someone who's, it, it does make a difference in size. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're trained, you have a huge advantage mm-hmm. over them. Right. Yep, you know. It's just like if we'll, we'll put it to something like basketball, right? If someone that's five foot five, that's trained, has been playing basketball for the last. 10, 20 years that went through the leagues, played varsity in high school. Let's just say varsity level, not even uh, NCAA, right? He's playing varsity level high school basketball competitively versus a, a somebody that's six foot eight, seven feet that, that uh, just plays basketball casually. I'm putting my money on the guy that's 5'5". Five, five. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right? putting yeah. money every single time. Every single the, time. The experience factor is yeah, he's going to he's he's more than likely going to win. Yeah. yeah. And they Easily. probably they probably had the the 55 guy probably has experience right. playing against right. a 68. Like I'm yeah. I'm 63. Yeah. A guy that's been training in MMA and he's like 5 foot 6, 5 foot 7. Come at me. That's it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Like Khabib. Like if he comes at you, you know, he's shorter than you, right? Khabib's and, a whole, you can't even <laughs> compare me to caliber. Khabib. Are you crazy, bro? Like <laughs> Khabib is like a whole nother monster, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll, yeah. That's a whole nother level. I'm just talking about casual people, like regular. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, uh, of course, a pro fighter, you, you, a pro female fighter, you wouldn't mm, even stand yeah, a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Pro female fighter. It right. doesn't, she'll knock you the fuck out. I, I've been, um, you know, in terms of grappling, I've been like, tossed and thrown around by like this like short asian girl who's been doing judo for like since she was like five or something and like i have 80 pounds on her and she's like tossing I, and this is someone who's, who has some training as well yeah. it's like throwing me around the room everywhere wow you know yeah so even if you're comparing like um people who are uh, experts in, in one area or, or fighters compare them to someone who trains casually there's a huge gap yeah huge so if you compare that to, to a fighter who versus like a person who hasn't trained at all, it's, it's, it's a complete joke. You know, yeah. um, there's just different levels to it.